see who Valbona is. This is Valbona Panoyer, and um, she hails from Albania. So you want to know about Albania? Um, you ask her as well. Last Sunday, she brought these cookies, maybe some other things too, these cookies. I think they were solid sugar. Um, <laughs> no sugar? <laughs> they were good for you. Uh, good for what ails you, whatever, but they, they were awesome. And so we had a great, great meal last, last Sunday. In fact, let me say thanks to all those who brought different foods from different nationalities. It was great. And I want to thank each of you and those who made it ready. So, David, come and share with us this morning. God bless you. Welcome him as he comes to share. God bless. Albania. Um, we went to Bible school that many years ago. We used to go hunting. We went hunting once before that um, when we were kids. And so known Roy for a long time. Okay. And it's good to be here. We've been coming for the last few months uh, when I'm home. And so we appreciate the uh, possibility to share with you. You know, the pastor, there was a pastor, he spoke 20 minutes every Sunday, and it was like clockwork, and then one Sunday he preached for over an hour. Some of the men came to him and said, Pastor, what's going on? You always only preach 20 minutes. Uh, This time you preached an hour. What happened? He says, well, when I start preaching, I reach into my pocket and I pull out a mint, and I put it in my mouth, and when the mint's gone, I stop preaching. But this morning, he said, I accidentally grabbed a button. And so <laughs> I don't have any buttons in my pocket, but I do have some things I'd like to share with you. Um, whoever's doing the slides, if you can uh, uh, keep a close eye on it, because I'm going to be quite fast this morning. Our ministry is called Global Christian Center Ministries. And uh, as I shared with you, I think it was 12 or 13 years ago now we came here uh, with our family and shared a little bit about Albania, but that was a long time ago. So this morning I'm going to give you a little background to Albania, as I found that there's not too many people who really know that much about it, and then I'll give you a little history of our work there. Uh, For a few years, Albania was in the news quite a bit because of our civil war, uh, which I never thought I would go through. And then uh, the Kosovo crisis in 99, which I will mention in a moment. But I think most people are like me. When I first heard about Albania and someone said, you should go to Albania, I didn't even know where it was. And I had to look it up on a map. Um, It's in Europe. Uh, It should be up there. Yeah, there it is, that little red dot. Um, and on the next slide, you'll see that it's across the Adriatic Sea from the heel of Italy. It is bordered on the south by Greece, and to the north, we have the former Yugoslavia, uh, Kosovo, Serbia, Bosnia, Croatia, etc., uh, Montenegro, and then on the east, Macedonia. For over 40 years, they were under a godless dictator, not like any of the other communist bloc countries. We've had people come from these other communist bloc countries when we were living in Albania and tell us that they never had it as bad during the communist, their communist rule as it was in Albania when they were there. This man was so afraid of losing power that he killed or put to hard labor 
any who had an education or who didn't agree with his philosophy. And he kept the uneducated and those from the villages in power beside him. You could be thrown in jail for the least little thing, like having an extra chicken in your possession. Um, I met a man who, because he had a university education from another country, was forced to push a cart with vegetables like an animal for over 40 years. I can't even begin to explain to you the condition that these people had to live under. And even if I had the time, you would find it hard to believe. But his idea was to keep them poor, hungry, and living in fear, and then he could control them. Many of these people have been deformed as they were beaten for their belief or some other reason. And for years it was considered the poorest nation in Europe and just in the last few years it's moved up to number four in that position. Albania is known as the first atheistic nation as one day their dictator announced that he had killed God and he was the one to be uh, revered. He set himself up like that. He was a wicked man. He died in 1985 and then the Communist Party took over. Then during 1990-91, the people finally overthrew the government and while doing so, they destroyed their nation. Because they had spurted out from under the control of this uh, suppressive dictator, they were not able to handle their newfound freedom and cast off restraint and the keeping of the law was not even considered by most to be important. I always struggle with how to get across the hopelessness of the majority of the people there and how the situation really is. But let me say that in spite of all this, God has started to move. In Luke chapter 6, verses 37 and 38, it says, uh, Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down and shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. There is a promise in these verses that we often talk about. But sometimes I wonder if we really believe it. Since I first went to Albania in 1995, we have seen this promise fulfilled in our work there. And God has showed me afresh that his word is true. And if we apply the principles in it, we're going to be much better off. The last part of this verse says that we need to give. And I know that as soon as we hear that word give, we kind of slide down in our seats and say, Oh no, uh, another missionary, let's tune him out. As most of the time we're thinking about finances. But I believe that this verse means more than just finances. Eugene Peterson says it in the message this way. Give away your life and you'll find life given back. But not merely given back, given back with bonus and blessing. Giving, not getting is the way. Generosity begets generosity. It is better to give than to receive, but it is talking much more than just finances. It's talking about our whole way of life, our time, our talents, our abilities, our finances, in fact, our whole being. 
Let me show you how this principle has worked in our ministry. And I'm going to go through this quite fast. But in September 1996, we started our church in Duras. At our first service in a little bar, we had just over 70 people. And we had to move in just over two months. Our second church was in a pool hall. And it was in this place that we continued to have services during the Civil War. And there were curfews and constant gunfire all around. We had to move from there to our third building in just over a year because we were having too many disruptions from the neighborhood kids, even though we were a quarter block from the police station. During the Civil War, the police took off their uniforms and went home. When we moved to this third building, we continued to grow to about 140, 170, so we had to have three services each Sunday. Then, as I mentioned, we had the situation uh, with Kosovo and refugees flooding our city. Because of the giving of our friends and supporters, and because many gave of of themselves and came over to help, and because we were prepared, because God had led us a few months before and provided us so that we could buy a bakery, we were able to give a half a loaf of bread per day to the Kosovo people. Then others heard about what we were doing and began sending us containers and other humanitarian goods which we were able to give to the people who had been displaced because of the war in their homeland. At the height of the crisis, we were given over 1,100 loaves of bread a day and enough bags of groceries and other essentials uh, to feed, clothe, and look after the basic needs of over 2,000 Kosovars. Not only were we able to give out of these things which were given to us, but we gave of ourselves. I can't begin to explain uh, how everyone who came over, our staff and the volunteers and our own poor people in Albania, gave of themselves day after day, week after week and month after month. But it was then that God began to move. Many have asked why we saw great things happening in our midst. Uh, But I believe it was mainly God giving back to us a portion of what we were able to give to others. People like you gave to us, we gave to others, and God started moving. I believe we were given back with good measure. It was pressed down and shaken together and running over. God just began to pour out his blessings on us in ways beyond our thinking. For instance, we were given a new bakery so we could double the output of the bread. And what did we do? We took our old bakery and we sent it to one of the Kosovars who had worked for us. And he began to making bread and giving it to those in the village. It was in this village that they found mass graves of some of their men and boys, which helps to prove to the skeptics that the stories that were told about Kosovo were true. For years, this bakery helped feed 200 of these widows and their children who had nothing and lost everything. During this time, even though we were very busy and didn't have time to do the outreaches that we had planned for that year, we did try and plan a small time each day for some form of outreach. On one of the days, we had what we called our prayer walks. We would meet at the church for instruction and prayer, and then go out two by two and walk around the neighborhood of the church and pray. We would pray for the people we met on the streets. We would pray for the children and the families of those who were uh, 
coming to church. We prayed for the people who lived in the apartments that we walked by. And uh, we prayed for those, uh, for the Kosovo people that we were ministering to in a practical way. And the results were amazing. Now, remember at the start of the Kosovo crisis, I uh, mentioned that we were averaging between 140 and 170 uh, in our three services. The reason why we had to have three services is because of the small building we had. It was only 10 feet wide by 25 feet long and comfortably sat 50 to 55. Out of the blue, you would think our attendance started to grow, 200, 250, 300, etc. We went to a high of just over 500 And remember, that was in that little church. To say the least, we were packed out. Uh, uh, On the next slide there, you'll see uh, how packed out it was. Uh, There were times when I would uh, be welcoming people at the back, and I'd turn around to go into the service, and I couldn't even get up to the front. And Valbona would have to translate from the front, and I would uh, talk at the back. People were standing everywhere. And one Sunday when one of the girls just about fainted, it really didn't matter because it was no place for her to fall. Um, So to make a long story short, after making a deal with the owner of the warehouse that we used during the Kosovo situation, we finally were able to move into our fourth building in December 1999. But we still had to have three services because we were running over 500 people. This is the building that God miraculously provided for us in 2000 and then enable us to finish the next year because of our partnership with James Robison and Life Outreach International. We were able to expand our church uh, seating capacity to just over 200, but we still had to have three services because after we finished the building, we took another jump from 500 to about 750. Then we went to nine services in our main church, and in October 2002, we took a hundred from our church and started a new church in our city, and at the same time, we started another church in the village with about 60. Then in 2003, we took another jump and started running over a thousand people. Then in the fall of 2004, we were able to start our fourth church. However, during a three-year period, um, for various reasons, we lost uh, many people. One of the reasons was because of the suicides of some of the Jehovah's Witness young people. Uh, they committed suicide and left notes saying they were going to God or coming back. Uh, God was going to bring them back to life. And because of the way the situation is in Albania, 70% Muslims, 20% Orthodox, and 10% Catholic, all the rest of us were considered cults. This started a frenzy of fear that affected all the churches in Albania, but especially ministries like ours that worked with a lot of children. Our attendance went down. We had to close two of our churches. The Muslim Hoja in the, uh, one of the villages where we had one church and the Catholic priest in the area where m- many of our people were coming from took advantage of this media frenzy and the fear that the people had and caused many problems for us, threatening, uh, threatening us, trying to run us off the road, hitting our people with hammers, etc. And so we gave our fourth church to another group and we dropped to about 100 people. But I praise God that since that 
things have turned around. And for the glory of God, our people became uh, more solid. We started to see them hunger and thirst after God, and our attendance started to climb again. We then planted another church in an area called Spital. We started it in a widow's home whose husband was killed by the mafia, and it, was, it started growing. We had to move two times, and these pictures that you see behind us, the next one, Okay, that is in uh, the Sunday before I left uh, Albania uh, a few years ago. I can say that there are thousands of people that I know of that have come at least once to our church that wouldn't have heard the gospel. Many wouldn't have been saved and now be on the road to heaven if it wasn't for people who stood behind us over the years in their prayers. It is the support of individuals and churches like you who have helped us raise our own finances so that we could go to Albania and work for God and share with these needy people that God loves them and sent his only son to pay for their sins. It's thrilling to see some of these former Muslims and atheists who have accepted Jesus Christ change their practices and allow the blood of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, to wash away their sins and give them a reason to live and follow the Lord in baptism. Today you can all have an opportunity to share and become a part of the great things that God is doing in his church in Albania. Just so you know how you can become a part, let me go through some of the different ministries that we have and ways that you can help. You know, our world is changing so much. And if we're going to reach our world for Jesus Christ, we have to listen to God's voice. And we need to start reaching out to people in different ways than we have before. The mandate of the church, as it says on the screen, is to make disciples of all nations. Not just where it's comfortable, not just where it's easy, but in all the world. So if the church is God's instrument to extend the kingdom of God, and it is, then we have to hear what God is saying. And not depend on our old methods of reaching our world for Jesus. Because I believe that it is God's will, that he, and he wants his church to grow. Now let me briefly talk about some of the things we are doing. I won't go into detail and I won't touch everything because there is so much. We have this little booklet. There's a few spread around out at the back. You can pick one up. Uh, It's a few years old, but it will give you an idea of some of the things that we're doing. First of all, before I go on, uh, I'm sure you realize that the biggest need we have in our ministry is that we need people to pray. Nothing, I say this every time I speak, but nothing is accomplished in the kingdom of God that's going to last for eternity without prayer. It is the prayer of fellow Christians like you who move the hand of God so that great things can be accomplished for him. As some of you may know, we had to leave Albania uh, a couple of years ago as my, there were threats on my wife and children's lives. Many of you have prayed for us, and and I want to say thank you for that. Uh, These last number of years have been some of the roughest in our lives and in the church over there. But because of people's prayers, it has held us and enabled us to accomplish great things for God and make it through. 
Even though we can't go back to live there, I go back periodically and, and we oversee the work from here. So we ask that you continue to pray for our family and for the health and safety of all our missionaries and workers, including our children, as we live under constant attack from the enemy of our souls, trying to discourage us and make us give up. I ask that, uh, you know, we need prayer. I, and so we ask everyone to pray and everything to pray. Where's the next slide there? You've got to see this, okay? I thought that was cute. Uh, so we're asking everybody to bow down and pray. Uh, we need help. Secondly, we do need help. We are thankful for those who have come and helped in the past, but we're s- still in desperate need for more help. We could use someone to go over and help mentor and give direction to the leadership team that is now in place. And I wish I had time. I could talk to you about that. But we especially need mechanics and English teachers and health workers. We also need a a project proposal writer and an office worker here in Canada. I have a list of over 30 viable projects that we could do if we had the resources and we're looking for help. So you can see our need for workers is great. You see, we're not told to pray for the harvest. We're to pray for workers to go into the harvest. Sometimes I've felt like this next picture, the weight of the load we're carrying is so great. And our feet are off the ground waiting for others to come and help us. Um, Third, we have seen how important it is for people to give faithfully and on a regular monthly basis. I know many people like to support projects. We, as I said, we have over 30 of them worth around $50 million, starting at about 500 If you want to see the list, come and talk to me. But in order for these projects to be done, we need to look after the regular uh, ministry needs that come in monthly. Our, minis- our global ministry changes group is growing, and for this we're thankful. But we're looking for a 1,000 people who will regularly pray and give the equivalent of a minimum of a, a $10 a month for our general ministry. So we can meet our monthly needs. Now let me just mention some of the humanitarian projects which are under an area called Operation Mercy. I believe God has called us to show his love and mercy to the world. And we can't do that by just standing up here and preaching Sunday after Sunday. We have to go and minister to the needs of the individual. Spiritual, physical, emotional, in every area. And we need to show that love and mercy to the world. And so uh, this is what we have done. We have a feeding program where we feed 150 poor children and widows a hot meal once a day and give them a monthly food bag if they live too far away. This continues only because of the many faithful sponsors who give so that we can feed these children. There is always a long list of children waiting to get on the program as new sponsors come along. We have two orphan programs where we have just about 35 orphans sponsored. One is for regular orphans and one is for orphans of police who have been killed in action. I could go on in, in all these areas and share much more detail, but I won't this morning. Uh, we have a medical, dental, and clothes. Every year we buy the 200 children and widows in our program's clothes. We take them to the doctor and the dentist on a regular basis and look after their emergency needs that come up. All these things help us to show God's mercy to those we are ministering to. As funds allow, we give those who are poor and have been faithful in their attendance at church food bags, which helps them greatly as the price of food increases. 
Poor and needy is an area which we started to emphasize a few years ago, and it has grown. Here we help people that are in real need but don't fit into any of our other programs. One group that we've been able to continue to help is women and children who have been abused by their husbands and fathers. This is becoming more and more of an issue as the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. Some of the other areas we work in is our trafficking home. Uh, This ministry is providing a home for women and children who are in danger or have been involved in trafficking, either for prostitution or body parts. Uh, I could say a lot more, but I won't say that. We are in need of resources to operate this safe house for these girls and women, and also so we can produce literature to help prevent more from being trafficked. Our autistic center is another ministry that we started out of needs that came to us. When we first started our children's Bible school, we had an autistic child who couldn't talk. And during his time with us and with prayer and love and and care, he developed to the point where now he's in a regular school and doing quite well. His parents were so excited and word spread. And soon we were getting parents of many autistic children to come and say, can you help us? And so we couldn't in what we were doing. So we started an autistic uh, center in one of our our places. Uh, The next slide shows a little boy who is autistic. His father has abandoned him and his uh, family. He, along with his mother and little brother and sister, live in this uh, little home, two rooms. They have to walk about two kilometers to church, down mud roads every uh, midweek and Sunday. They're very poor. He is a handful, and his mother uh, can't control them. And so he came to our autistic center, even though she couldn't afford it, a couple years ago, I went, and she saw me as I came, went back to Albania, and she comes running up to me and hugs me, and she says, thank you, Pastor. Thank you for helping me with my son. We're looking for partners to join together with us to help us provide all that is necessary to see this ministry flourish in a way that will bring glory to God and be a help to the many hurting people whom we have met. The list of things we would like to do, the needs that we have could go on and on. There is so much to be done and we're only limited by the lack of resources and you could help make a difference there. Now besides our Operation Mercy, besides our regular church activities, uh, there are other ministries that we're involved in. I just briefly want to mention a few of them. Uh, First is our Children's Bible School, which is like a nursery daycare for children three to six, which my wife helped start. This was a very successful ministry. And we ask that you continue to pray for this outreach as we're reaching out into Muslim and atheistic families. We just had our graduation last week uh, with 31 children uh, that are leaving us and going to the public school. Many of these children each year have been saved and have given their lives to Jesus. One of these little boys came up to his teacher and asked, is all this you're telling me about Jesus really true? I guess he had been talking about all this at home with his uh, parents. I don't know whether they were Muslim or atheistic, but the teacher had the opportunity to share with them that yes, it was true, and tell them that Jesus loved them. A number of weeks later, 
later, he accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. We have had so many requests for students because of our centers uh, that are in high demand because of the high standards, the, the government recommendations, and we had to turn many away. So we've opened our fourth children's Bible school. A couple board members came over with us, and now we have over 120 children hearing the Word of God daily. Another ministry that we started within the last few years was our seniors. We're using this to minister to seniors in our church, as well as an outreach to the many uh, around who are left aside by their families. We have started bringing them in once a month, and we have a little simple Bible lesson, short service with them. We do some crafts and games, and then uh, at the end we provide them with a free hot meal. It has really taken off, and one of the meetings, 20 of them gave their lives to Jesus. Jesus Christ. We would like to do it every week, and uh, so pray that that would continue. Seafarers. Six years ago, God provided a place where we could minister to those who come from various countries into our port on the ships. We visit them on the ships, take them shopping, bring them to our center so they can talk to their families free on our internet service. We have a games room. We have a chapel where we can have services. Elir, our welfare officer, has had many opportunities to share the gospel with these people from around the world. And we are looking forward to the day in heaven when we will see many of them there. Now something that I think is the most exciting for me is our missions by Albanians. Elona is our first missionary from our church that we have sent out full time. It is exciting for me to see a missions church send out missionaries. Elona has now been in Turkey for just over nine years. uh, And God is using her in a great way to minister to the Muslim people. We have had three missionaries go out from our church. The latest being Burkina, uh, the girl in the middle there, um, that that left just over a month ago. I also ask you to pray for our daughter, Kimberly, uh, who is going on a missions trip this summer to Bulgaria uh, to help with the youth conference there. Then we have United Youth for Christ, which is the national youth movement that Valbona started. It, uh, they're having their 10th annual convention this October. This is the biggest youth movement in Albania. And I believe that God is using it to bring unity and a move of God like we have never seen. Over the years, we have brought together people from 12 different countries, six of them being from the Balkans. You know, we pray because we've never had a national revival in Albania. And I believe that through the youth, God is going to move and bring revival. Our prayers are influencing uh, and influence is growing. You see, when you pray and support our ministry in Albania, you're not only touching the lives of Albanians in our city and country, but around the world. God is using us to affect Turkish people through Alona and people from multitudes of countries through our seafarers ministry, the Balkans through United Youth for Christ and Muslims in Europe through our missionaries. There is so much more I could say, but I just don't have time. Today is Father's Day, and I hope you notice that there were not a lot of men in these pictures. We ask that you pray that God would begin to move in the hearts of men. One of the young men has started a ministry, if you uh, change the slide there, uh, to some of the men. 
Most of these men here are non-Christians, but they started coming out to the meeting that one of our young men have started. Pray for them, that God would touch their lives. We have been ministering in Albania now for 22 years. We have seen one generation grow up, and we have ministered to them with the best of our ability. If you want to turn the slide, please. Many have been saved and are now following God. We have made a difference in their lives. You know, the leaders in the church today were little kids when we first went there. The young man who God is raising up to be the pastor there, he was a little four-year-old boy in our feeding program. The director, she was just a 12-year-old girl when we first went there. God is raising up these kids and using them for his honor and glory. We have a new generation that is emerging. And in 10 years from now, and 20 years from now, I want to be able to say that we have made a difference in those people's lives. Little children from all areas are coming into our sphere of influence, and we want them to be discipled and trained to take over the work of God and become leaders missionaries and workers. I always used to interview the kids before we put them in a program. And I was talking to two little girls, and I said, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they said, Pastor, we want to be missionaries. You know what that does to your heart, to see people who get saved want to follow God? We want them to affect vital parts of society, to make a positive influence in various areas of life in Albania, all because of Jesus in their lives. What kind of difference are you going to make in people's lives and in the kingdom of God? I know that not all can go overseas, but we can all use what God has given us to change the lives of people around us where we are. All of us can pray. All of us can give of our lives. There are enough people here today to supply the funds and the manpower to make an impact on that small nation of Albania. Jesus said, to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Would you please pray for the work in Albania? Would you please give of your life for these Albanian people, whether living in Albania, Kosovo, Turkey? God is looking for people who will give of their lives, their time, their talents, their abilities, and yes, their finances, so his work can go forward. Through the giving of God's people, I believe the impossible can be done. If you're interested in financially supporting the work that God is doing there, or in other ways, you'd like to be in our mailing list, or you'd like to just commit yourself to pray, please fill out this pink form that was in your bulletin. If you don't have one, we can get one for you, and you can hand it in after the service. Here we have a ministry where you can invest your resources, and you can have a part in feeding the hungry in giving drink to the thirsty, in ministering to the strangers, the sick, and those in prison, and clothing those who are in need of clothing. Will you please help us? We need your help. Will you pray? We need your prayers. Would you give? We need people who will give so they can experience the glory of God. And would you come and help? There is so much work to be done, and it would make it so much better and easier if we had some of you come and help carry the load. God bless you and thank you for letting me share.
Wow. I got tired just listening. All the ministries that they're involved in, things that are happening. And, and uh, <clears throat> Brother David, when you shared you know, young boys and feeding program and girls who now are, are uh, taking over, wow, that is, I mean, that's what it's all about, amen? And uh, such a uh, fantastic opportunity to, to uh, get involved. And uh, I just encourage you to chat with David and Valbona afterwards. Find out more about their ministry and how you can be a part and how you can help them. And um, I know uh, throughout the year, too, they have um, fundraising banquets. And so you want to get on the mailing list to find out what's going on. And, uh, and even just to say to them, you know, just send us, keep sending us the mailings and the emails. We'll, we'll be praying and, and asking God how we can be a part and how we can help. And uh, the exciting thing is, right here from Calgary... We can make a difference in another country. For the glory of God, we know.